Chapter Seven of Christina. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Christina by L. G. Moberly. Chapter Seven: A Very Beautiful Pendant with the Initials A. V. C. With all her undoubted strength of character, Christina was only human and the courteous apology she had received from the man signing himself rupert mernside sorely tempted her curiosity to see the writer and a lurking feeling that he might really be able to find work for her were mingled with a girlish longing for adventure and for some of the youthful joys she had missed and all these sensations made her more than half inclined to assign a meeting-place to this mr mernside she had known few men either in her quiet devonshire home or when she was in the donaldson service and any pleasant social intercourse with the other sex had never come in her way at all there rose before her a vision of meeting this man of the bold characteristic handwriting of perhaps being taken by him to tea in one of those tea-rooms about which she had heard tea-rooms where the waitresses were ladies dressed in soft lilac gowns with dainty muslin aprons and where delicious music was played to the fortunate tea-drinkers to have tea in such a place with a man whose business it was for the moment to look exclusively after her and her well-being would be such a treat as she had never enjoyed in all her life her parents had not encouraged any social gaiety thinking over it now it seemed to christina that for some inexplicable reason they had avoided society and actually warded off those of their neighbors who were inclined to be friendly and with a sudden revolt against her own loneliness and dullness the girl felt as though at any cost she must seek friendship amusement distraction of course i haven't any clothes in which to go to a really smart tea-room she thought when in the shelter of her own small room she read her letter for the second time but there may be somewhere not too smart where he could take me and he leaves me to decide where to meet him and oh i do want some fun i do dreadfully want it the man who would be the central figure of the entertainment entered little into her calculations she was far more interested in her vision of tea-rooms and the smart folk she might be fortunate enough to see there than in the man whose open sesame was to admit her to the sacred precincts and only when some chance train of thought reminded her of her recent interview with lady cicely did she reflect that the person who would sit beside her and attend to her once at the tiny table in the enthralling tea-room would be a stranger to her perhaps even an objectionable stranger with the remembrance of her visit to eaton square came also the recollection of the tall man with the grave gray eyes the man introduced to her by lady cicely as my cousin and a hot flush of shame rushed to her face as she wondered what he would think of her if he knew she was planning to meet a person she had never seen and of whom she had only heard through a matrimonial advertisement he would certainly despise her and it was not nice to contemplate the kindly glance of those eyes turned to scorn and contempt although she knew it was absurd to suppose that lady cicely's cousin could ever be aware of or interested in the doings of so insignificant a person as herself she shrank oddly from doing anything of which he would disapprove 
to arrange to meet a strange man isn't really a very womanly thing to do she said when she sat down to write her letter to the unknown mr mernside i shouldn't ever have answered the advertisement at all if i had not been so dreadfully poor and i shouldn't like to look lady cicely's cousin in the face again if i meet this man the letter was not so difficult a one to write as the first had been and its recipient both smiled and sighed as he read the terse little sentences in the round girlish handwriting dear sir thank you for your kind letter but i hope i now have a chance of getting some work so that i need not trouble you any more yours faithfully c moore well that's a relief rupert ejaculated throwing the note into the fire what i could have done with the girl if she had agreed to meet me heaven only knows margaret would have helped me but margaret his meditations ended abruptly he drew from his breast pocket a letter that had reached him a post or two before christina's arrived and for the fiftieth time read it from end to end the sense of it had long since imprinted itself upon his brain but it gave him a painful pleasure to let his eyes rest upon the well-formed letters of the handwriting though a resentful indignation towards the writer stirred within him she had not treated him well and yet she was the one woman in the world to him this woman of the dark eyes and rare white beauty who signed her letter with one word margaret no address stood at the head of the letter it was undated and the postmark was that of the west central district forgive me for having left london so abruptly and without telling you of my intention she wrote i was summoned away by telegram and in my hurry and anxiety i forgot to let you know i cannot tell you my address just now but elizabeth is with me and i am safe and well i have often warned you have i not my dear faithful friend that much in my life must always seem to you strange and mysterious i can give you no explanation now but trust me still margaret letters sent to me care of mrs milton one eighty gower street will be forwarded mernside wrote four letters each one of which in turn he tore up and flung into the fire as soon as it was written finally writing a fifth which appeared to satisfy him for having addressed and stamped it he put it into his pocket when he went out drive sharply to one eighty gower street were his directions to the driver as he swung himself into a passing hansom and leaned forward on the closed doors watching the traffic with listless glances which only saw a woman's dark eyes set in a white face no sir i couldn't tell you mrs stanforth's address was the uncompromising reply to his question and mrs milton's inflexible countenance and flat rigid form were as uncompromising as her speech she bid me say to any one inquiring that she was gone in the country for a time and i can only answer the same to you as i answer to the rest letters and people they come on here from barford road and i says the same to all of em rupert's creed as a gentleman forbade his pressing for the address of a woman who wished to keep herself hidden but with all the hatred of his sex for mysteries he moved impatiently away speculating grimly on the eccentricities of women why when she had a house of her own did margaret have her visitors and letters sent to gower street for information or readdressing respectively 
what object was being served by all this mysterious behaviour and why was she sometimes so apparently frank with him at other times so strangely secret true that her very uncertainty was part of her charm but without swerving in his unshakable loyalty to her he felt himself occasionally wishing that margaret had some of the transparent candour of his little cousin cicely reedsdale cicely was incapable of dark secrets or hidden mysterious actions she and baba were children together and one was scarcely more innocent and crystal pure than the other with reflections brought him by easy stages to his cousin's estate and his own trusteeship and the memory of a paper needing cicely's signature made him retrace his steps to his own chambers and thence to eaton square where he found cicely and her small daughter enjoying the delights of tea together in the bright nursery at the top of the house jane has got a sick mother cicely exclaimed dolefully jane was imperatively needed at home at an hour's notice and behold me head nurse and nursery-maid rolled into one and baba in the seventh heaven of bliss if you want any tea rupert you must have it here hot butter toast and all dawson won't approve but i am tired of trying to live up to him dawson was the butler a magnificent personage who had only condescended to anything more insignificant than a ducal mansion in consideration of mr reedsdale's generosity in the matter of wages and dawson regarded any departure from the orthodox with disapproving eyes you will never succeed in reaching dawson's criterion of correctness rupert laughed meanwhile nursery tea is much jollier than the drawing-room meal we can eat double as much and we can spread our own jam but you know rupert i can't spend my whole life in the nursery cicely began when the appetites of the baby and the big man had been partially satisfied baba has chosen a new nurse for herself but i can't let her decide anything so important i am afraid you will call me quixotic if i say i am half inclined to is it the young person james's young person her cousin broke in i knew that girl with the green eyes and shabby clothes was making indelible marks on your kind heart but you know nothing about her dear and as you told me you must have unimpeachable references rupert to remind a woman of the things she has said in a remote past is like driving a pig towards the north when you want him to go there when you have a wife you will understand the inwardness of my remark i shall never have a wife was the quick retort and i am to infer from your remark that you are intending to engage a nurse who cannot produce the necessary references i don't know what she can produce yet but i have written to ask your green-eyed friend of the shabby hat to come and see me and then i thought we could talk things over the things are a foregone conclusion said rupert with a laugh i know you cicely the girl seemed to have a way with children she looked and spoke like a lady and and baba loved her cicely lowered her voice but the child absorbed in putting a consignment of dolls to bed gave no heed to her elders and ever since the girl came here baba has gone on saying baba would like that pretty lady to live with her can't the pretty lady come and sometimes children and dogs have wonderful instincts about people don't they baba's instincts may be just the right one it may let us hope it will there was something very straightforward about that girl's eyes and her voice was particularly pleasant it reminded me of somebody but who the somebody is i can't for the life of me remember 
by the way didn't i tell you the other day you knew of a nursery governess who wanted work can she come and see me as well perhaps you have found out more about her by now she has just succeeded in hearing of work rupert answered and cicely noticed that as before he spoke with a trace of embarrassment i have found out nothing more about her but i hear she is or perhaps to be suited as the servants say i am very strongly inclined to try the girl who brought baba in from the fog something about her appealed to me and she must be able to produce some kind of reference she can't just have growed like topsy into her present position oh dawson who and what is it she broke off to say as the butler's stately form and impassive face appeared in the doorway sir arthur congreve wishes to see your ladyship very particularly was the reply i will be down in one moment she answered and when the door had closed noiselessly after the butler she turned to rupert and made a small grimace now what has brought that tiresome old person here to-day she demanded of the world in general you don't know him do you he is a cousin of john's and the most intolerable bore ever created to worry his long-suffering relations i know him by name naturally but i never had the pleasure come and have it now cicely sprang to her feet and rang the bell i must get a housemaid to take care of baba and you come and be introduced to my pet bugbear he and his wife hardly ever come to town they look upon it as modern babylon sunk in iniquity he is hugely rich and their jewels are amazing but very few people ever see them he lives in a very remote corner of the country somewhere on the welsh border about ten miles from every reasonable sort of place and my private opinion is that he is more mad than sane why oh a woman's reason i think so because i think him so no but without joking all sorts of queer things have happened in that family dark mysteries and i fancy even crimes but john never told me details sir arthur is a most unspeakably conventional person but i believe some of his relations were quite the reverse come and help me entertain him she added when a housemaid had entered the nursery he will probably disapprove of you and tell me later on that your presence in the house is damaging to my reputation she added as they went down the stairs together the elderly gentleman who stood on the drawing-room hearthrug surveying the room with an air of disapproval was rupert thought one of the handsomest men he had ever seen white-haired with a heavy white moustache his complexion was clear and healthy as a girl's and his refined well-cut features were almost cameo-like in their perfect chiselling his eyes were dark and very bright and they fixed themselves at once upon rupert with a glance of suspicion my dear cicely he said shaking her stiffly by the hand urgent business tiresome family business brought me to this city of dreadful night for a few hours and i thought i must call and inquire after your health and the health of veronica thank you cousin arthur do sit down i am very flourishing and baba is in rude health we don't call her veronica yet you know she is really quite a baby still i strongly deprecate the calling of children by fancy names sir arthur answered pompously veronica is a name in our family a name about which alas cling many sad associations but still i am convinced that if her poor father had lived your poor daughter 
i haven't introduced you to my cousin cicely cut in unceremoniously feeling that any comments upon her husband's possible conduct would be unendurable from sir arthur's lips i believe you have never met him mr mernside sir arthur congreve sir arthur bowed stiffly rupert's greeting was pleasant and friendly the older man's rigid attitude merely amused him no i have certainly never met mr mernside sir arthur said coldly as you know my dear cicely i never come to this terrible babylon unless absolutely driven to do so by irresistible circumstances and in your husband's lifetime i do not ever remember to have seen your cousin he added with a severe glance at mernside if you had been much in town in john's lifetime you would often have met rupert cicely answered quickly rupert was one of john's greatest friends and is baba's trustee and guardian but you she tried to speak more lightly you and cousin ellen bury yourself so completely in your country fastness that you know nothing of the troublesome world in which we live troublesome world indeed answered sir arthur wagging his head and looking at her solemnly the saving grace of humor had been omitted from his composition and he took himself and the whole world with a seriousness that could not be shaken in this dreadful city you frolic like children on the edge of a volcano but one day the eruption will come and and then we shall all be little bits of lava shan't we cicely asked her blue eyes wide and innocent her lips parted in an engaging smile you are sadly flippant cicely i had hoped that walking through the veil of misery your flippancy would have fallen from you but i fear you are determined to turn this veil of tears this troublesome world as you so justly call it into a mere playground a very delightful veil sometimes rupert said in his slow charming voice the troublesome world can be beautiful as well as troublesome you will allow especially if you live in the country beautiful sir arthur glared at the speaker but all to be burnt some day all to be burnt when i am asked to admire the mountains near my home the woods the river i say the same thing always i say it's all being prepared for the burning perhaps we may enjoy its beauties during the time of preparation rupert said smiling until the conflagration the beauty is ours i did not call to-day to engage in flippant small talk sir arthur answered sternly like babylon of old london is rushing on in its doom and i have no doubt that the fashionable throng which numbers you amongst its members has long ago resigned every serious thought and effort conversation is as loose as manners and morals and my manners and morals are not conspicuously loose cousin arthur cicely said demurely but i don't belong to the smart set and i don't even want to belong to it and i expect that is what you meant by the fashionable throng we live very quietly baba and i quietly in all this luxury this pomp sir arthur glanced around the exquisite room with a shudder one of my designs in coming here to-day was to ask whether you would ever care to come and pay us a visit at burnbrook but we could offer you no such luxury as this if however you would care to come we have peace there 
it is very kind of you and of cousin ellen to have thought of it cicely faltered with a recollection of a depressing fortnight spent in sir arthur's home during her husband's lifetime perhaps in the spring or summer you would let us come and see you we have been away so frequently during the last three years that we have seen few people my poor wife being a martyr to rheumatism has had to visit foreign watering places we have as you know been little at home and we have invited few guests to burnbrook if you will come we shall be happy to see you or if at any time you would care to send veronica with her nurse to breathe some other air than the pernicious air of this dark town pray send them cicely made a courteous and smiling rejoinder but rupert thought he could read in the mutinous setting of her pretty lips that she had small intention of allowing her little daughter to breathe the salubrious air of burnbrook you are in town on business only not for pleasure the little lady asked taking a certain malicious delight in seeing sir arthur's start of horror pleasure i here for pleasure heaven forbid i have come on troublesome business i am anxious about the news of my unfortunate brother-in-law and his wife my poor foolish sister ah well you never knew her did you no never cicely shook her head wildly trying to unearth from the depths of her mind any fragments of knowledge she might ever have possessed about sir arthur's brother-in-law but finding herself entirely at sea gave up the attempt poor misguided soul the visitor went on with a solemn shake of the head she would never listen to reason never believe what i told her my sisters ah well well i must not trouble you with our family skeletons i have come up to try and find out if i can where my brother-in-law is and to avert worse scandals than already exist cicely still completely at sea as to the drift of his conversation murmured something non-committal and sympathetic and he continued speaking with unabated energy i also have some business to do with scotland yard he said importantly my wife has lost a piece of jewelry which she greatly values and which i also value exceedingly the loss is a very strange one and after serious deliberation i have decided to put the case into the hands of the scotland yard officials have you had a burglary no nothing of that kind at all we can only account for the loss in one way we were travelling home last week after a visit and at liverpool station my wife's maid put her mistress's dressing-bag into the carriage she herself standing beside the door one person was in the compartment a quiet-looking young lady so the maid describes her we reached home my wife discovered the loss of the jewel she so much values it had been put into the bag at the last minute before we left our friend's house as she had been showing it to a visitor the bag it is true was unlocked but the maid vows she did not leave the carriage door and that the young person in the carriage seemed to be a lady the fact remains that the pendant has vanished a pendant was it cicely asked with interest a very beautiful pendant one that to my mind is unique it is made of a single and a very remarkable emerald set in beautifully chased gold and above the emerald there are three initials twisted together in gold the initials a v c end of chapter seven recording by linda fredericks modesto california june two thousand twelve